اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمده و نصلی علی رسوله الكریم ربش رحلی صدری و یسر لی امری وحل العقدتا من لسانی یفقه قولی اللہ مہدی قلبی وسدد لسانی وسل السخیمت قلبی سورة البقرة The Pinnacle of the Quran In this course, we will be studying the translation and the tafsir of this surah. The question is, why? Why are we going to spend an entire year, our precious Saturday mornings, studying the meaning of the Quran? How many of you know how to recite the Qur'an? MashaAllah. How many of you have read the entire Qur'an, as in recited it? MashaAllah. I'm sure some of you have also memorized the Qur'an. Isn't that enough? Why should we learn the Qur'an? Why? Do you have any reason? When you decided to join this course, what made you join the course? Was it because your mom dragged you? I'm sure some of you, that's the reason. Right? Or maybe your dad said, you have to go now because your sister did it, now you have to do it. Why? Okay, it's the word of Allah, so we should study it, but why? Yes? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us to, okay. Why else? Yes? Okay, knowledge is power, yes? To gain knowledge and apply it in our everyday lives, very good. Is the Qur'an special compared to other books? Is it special? Is it different? How is it different and special? What makes the Qur'an a unique book? The Qur'an guides us in our lives. Yes? It's never been changed. Good. Yes? It's the word of Allah. Okay, very good. Think about it this way. Imagine Justin Trudeau sends you an invitation. And he says, come join me at the special event. And you're like, sure, I'd love to. When will you be able to read that invitation? When it's in English. When it's in your language. Right? What if that invitation wasn't French? Because... Trudeau speaks French, doesn't he? And what if you didn't know a word of French? And that invitation is in French. So if you get that special invitation from Trudeau, and you're like, wow, it's from the Prime Minister. You open it up, and you can't make sense of what is written over there. Will you be able to benefit from that invitation? Would you even know that it's an invitation? No. Some people might think, oh, it's just another notification of some tax bill or some other random stuff that I don't have any interest in. You will only benefit from that piece of paper if you can understand what's written in it. Isn't it so? Now, the Qur'an is described as a ma'duba. You know what is a ma'duba? A feast. A special event where people gather, people are invited, and they gather together. Why? In order to enjoy delicious food and great company. 
So the Qur'an is the ma'duba of Allah. It's an invitation from Allah. It's a message from Allah. Meaning, when you open the Qur'an, and you read it, and you study what's in it, then you get from the Qur'an something that is far better than the delicious fancy foods that you could eat at a royal event. Wouldn't it be unfortunate that we are deprived of benefiting from that royal banquet? Just because we can't understand it? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an that kitabun anzalnahu ilayka This is a book which we have revealed to you, O Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Why? لِيَدَّبَّرُوا آيَاتِهِ It is mubarak, it is blessed. And we have revealed it, why? So that people reflect on its verses. And وَلِيَتَذَكَّرَ أُلُو الْأَلْبَابِ And so that the people of intellect, people who use reason, people who think, people who pay attention, people who care, they can take a lesson. So this means there are two things that we have to do when it comes to the Qur'an. What are those two things? Firstly, we have to reflect on its verses. لِيَدَّبَّرُوا آيَاتِهِ We have to reflect on the verses of the Qur'an. Why reflect on them? in order to know what they're saying. In order to know what benefit they're offering us. And secondly, وَلِيَتَذَكَّرَ أُلُو الْأَلْبَابِ And so that people who use reason, who have intellect, they take a lesson. So what's the second thing we have to do after we reflect on the verses? Take a lesson. What is a lesson? That when you understand something, then you bring it in your life. So for example, if there's somebody who's driving and they're speeding, and they didn't realize there was a speed camera, and then they get a ticket in the mail, what lesson should they take from that? From understanding that they were speeding where they were not supposed to. What lesson should they take from that? What lesson? Not to speed again. Isn't it? If you are out in the cold, and you're too cool to wear a jacket, and then you fall ill. What's the lesson that you should take from that? What's the lesson? Yes? Wear a jacket next time. Your experiences teach you lessons. Isn't it? Now the thing is that our knowledge, what we learn, must also teach us lessons. Sadly, when we learn anything, generally when we learn stuff, whether it's in geography or in history or in science, why do we learn? Just so that we can write the exam and move on to the next grade. Isn't it? But when we learn the Qur'an, we don't learn the Qur'an just to know what the Qur'an says. We learn the Qur'an in order to bring the message of the Qur'an into our lives then the Qur'an will be mubarak for us. See the word mubarak? What is mubarak? When something is full of barakah, blessing for you. What is that? There's many ways to explain this, but what I like to tell you about mubarak is that mubarak is when you get a lot out of what appears to be little. When you get a lot out of what appears to be Little. Has it ever happened that 
you go to like Baskin Robbins or something and it's really hot and you want a big scoop of ice cream and you ask them for two scoops and you're like, I wish I could get a third one but it's going to be too much money. And then you get those two scoops and you're like, I don't know if it's going to be enough. But as you start eating, what happens? By the time you're done with your first scoop, you're like, ah, this is too much. Because yes, it's only two scoops, but it filled you. So there was barakah in that. There was blessing in that. So the Qur'an is mubarak. What does it mean? That it will be a source of blessing for you. How many of you are scared that now you're committed every Saturday morning hmm, at Al-Huda for the next year? How many of you are worried about that? Are you worried? Maybe about your exams or your schoolwork or your housework or whatever work you have to do. It's one day less. Right? But you are studying the Qur'an, which is a source of blessing. Which means that when you will study it, you will get more things done in your week, inshaAllah. Then even a little bit of sleep will be enough, inshaAllah. You will get time to chill. You will get time to have fun, inshaAllah. Because this Qur'an is, Qur'an is Mubarak. Everybody say, Mubarak. Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu said that man arad al-ilma whoever wants to gain knowledge falyusawwir al-Qur'an then he should reflect on the Qur'an he should study the Qur'an not once but again and again and again because some of you might be thinking well I've studied the meaning of Surah Al-Baqarah before so if I'm doing it again I might be wasting my time or maybe, some of you may be thinking, I have memorized all of Surah Al-Baqarah. So, that's enough for me. No. Ibn Mas'ud said, if anybody wants to gain knowledge, then they should study what? What should they study? The Qur'an. Which means that no matter how much knowledge you have, when you will study the Qur'an, you will definitely increase in your knowledge. Even if you've studied the Qur'an like 50 times, even if you've recited the Qur'an to your teacher a hundred times, still, when you will study the meaning of the Qur'an, it will increase you in your knowledge. فَلْيُسَوِّرِ الْقُرْآنِ Why? Because in the Qur'an, there is knowledge of the first and the last. The Qur'an tells you about the past, and it tells you about the future. Then we see, the Prophet ﷺ, he gave an example. He said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala presents an example of a straight path. Now I want you to visualize this. A straight path. And on both sides of this path, there are walls. So you're going through what? A corridor. And in these walls, there are doors. Meaning there's many Exits. But on those doors, there are curtains. So you can't exactly see what's inside, but you can go. So a person begins to walk on this path. And there is a caller, there's a voice calling from the end of the path that all people come and enter the straight path altogether and do not be divided. 
So there is a voice calling from the end of the road, come, keep walking, keep walking. Don't go here, don't go there, keep walking. So when a person begins to walk on this path, he's tempted to lift the curtain and go out through one of the exits. But every time he tries to do that, the voice at the end of the road says, keep walking straight. Right? You know like how when you put the directions, what does the Google Maps lady tell you? What does she tell you? That voice, it just keeps talking, right? You're like, I know where I'm going. Stop telling me, lady. But she will keep repeating the instructions. Especially if you, or if your dad decides to, go his own way. Right? So this voice at the end of the road keeps calling. Keep walking. Don't be divided. The Prophet ﷺ said that the voice at the end of the road, that is the Qur'an. What does that mean? All of us inshaAllah, our goal is what? What is our goal? Jannah. Right? That's where we want to go. But if you think about it, in our lives, there's so many opportunities. There's so many times when we could do things that are not okay. That take one to hellfire. I mean, think about it. Lying. Speaking that which is not true. Is that a serious offense? Near Allah? Definitely it is. It's a serious sin. In the Quran, we learn that وَلَهُمْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ بِمَا كَانُوا يَكْذِبُونَ That for them is a painful punishment because they used to lie. So what happens is that as we live our daily lives, shaitan is after us. Isn't he? Lie here, lie there. Cheat this one, cheat that one. And then we are tempted to look at wrong things or to hear wrong things or to think about wrong things or to say wrong things. So what is it that will keep you on the straight path? What is it? The Qur'an. This is why it's important that we don't just recite the Qur'an, we also know what it says. Because it will protect you, it will save you. It will keep you on the right path. Then we learn, the Prophet ﷺ said, that the book of Allah, what is the book of Allah? What is the book of Allah? The Qur'an. He said, it is the rope of Allah. Last night I was looking for some pictures of a rope. And I found a picture of a rope dangling down from the sky and a man was holding it. And he was mid-air. And I was like, poor guy. Thank God somebody had just made that picture up. It wasn't a, a real picture. But this is our reality in this world. There are so many times when we feel alone. When even though there are people with us, they can't exactly help us. You know like when you're writing an exam, your mom helped you prepare for it. But when you're writing it, are you on your own? You're on your own. Can you ask your mom, can you explain this word to me? What was the answer you told me last night? Can you do that? No. In our lives, we go through many difficulties. We go through many hardships. We fall ill. We get into fights. We get into disagreements with people. We feel like we have no friends. It happens. So what is your connection 
What is it that will save you every time that you're falling, you're slipping, you feel like there's no ground beneath you, nothing. What is it that will save you? It's the rope of Allah. It's the Qur'an. He said it's the rope of Allah. So he who holds it fast will be upon right guidance. He will be upon right guidance. Have you ever seen mountain climbers? It's amazing how they climb cliffs even. I don't know how they do that. Honestly. And then they sleep there, hanging. Astaghfirullah. And then they have their tents that are like hanging in the air. But isn't it amazing? You know, they have their ropes, and they keep climbing, and they finally reach the peak. Don't they? So, what is important then? Never let go of the rope. If you let go of the rope, you're gone. That's the key. Our lives are like that. This rope of Allah, this Qur'an, is our source of safety. This is what will save us. This is what will protect us. So he said, whoever holds it fast will be upon right guidance, and he who abandons it will be upon error. The Prophet ﷺ also said that indeed this Qur'an is a rope. It's one side is in Allah's hand. And the other is in your hands. Do you have the Qur'an with you? Do you have your Mus'haf? Do you? Or your book, Surah Al-Baqarah book? Do you have it? Hold it, pick it up. I want to see it. Either the book or a Mus'haf. You know what a Mus'haf is? The Qur'an. Alright, put it down. Keep it in your hands though. And now listen to this hadith. This Qur'an is a rope. Its one side is in Allah's hand, and the other side is in your hands. What does it mean then? This is your direct connection with who? With who? With Allah. It's your direct connection with who? The Lord of the worlds, the creator of this universe, the one who knows everything and is in control of everything. He has sent this for you, to save you, to help you, to guide you. This is how important this book is. And he said, therefore, hold on to it firmly. What does it mean, hold on to it firmly? Never let go of it. Hold on to it firmly because then you shall never go astray after it. If you hold on to the Qur'an, you will never go astray. You will be upon right guidance. The Prophet ﷺ also said, the Qur'an is an intercessor. What is intercessor? What is intercessor? Do you know? Someone that speaks on your behalf. Has it ever happened that you want to get something or you want to go somewhere but you don't get permission? So you ask your friend to talk to your mom. Or maybe you ask your mom to talk to your dad. Or maybe you have your brother convince your husband, those of you who are married. Has it ever happened? We all make use of this, right? When we can't get things done ourselves... We ask other people, can you please talk to them for me? Can you please get permission for me? Can you please ask? Because I'm too shy to ask. 
Or if I ask, I'm going to be rejected. So can you please ask? Can you please get permission for me? Now on the day of judgment, everybody will want to go to paradise. So you know what? The Qur'an will come forward and it will intercede for some people. It will say that, Oh Allah, let these people enter Jannah. The Qur'an is an intercessor. And it will intercede on the Day of Judgment on behalf of those who read it. It will argue. It will argue on behalf of them. That no, no, they should be forgiven. They should be allowed to enter Jannah. And he said that this Qur'an, it will be confirmed. Meaning, its intercession will be accepted. It will not be rejected. So if we want the Qur'an to defend us on the Day of Judgment, then what do we have to do in this life? What do we have to do? Just read it. Read it, understand it, apply it, follow it, recite it, share its message with other people, give importance to the Qur'an, Study it at least once a week, right? At least once a week. Make it a part of our lives. That's what we have to do. So that the Qur'an will defend us on the Day of Judgment, inshaAllah. Now, when we come together and we study Surah Al-Baqarah, inshaAllah, we will be sitting in which place? This place. What is this place? This room that you're sitting in, what is it? It's a masjid. The Prophet ﷺ said that no people get together in a house of the houses of Allah. What is the house of Allah? It's a masjid. So when a group of people gather together in a masjid, and then what do they do in the masjid? Have a feast? Or they're eating biryani? Yeah? Because that's what we do many times in the masjid, right? We go for a feast, we go for an aqiqah or a wedding or something like that. No. This gathering is for what purpose? Reciting the book of Allah. You will recite Surah Al-Baqarah. And learning it together. So in tafsir class, inshaAllah, we will learn the meaning of Surah Al-Baqarah. So inshaAllah, we will do both of these things. Recite the Qur'an and also learn it. So when a group of people do that in a masjid, then what happens? Calmness descends upon them. Sakina. It will descend upon you. So much so that sometimes you'll feel so calm that you will fall asleep. Really. Sometimes you'll feel so calm that you know those five assignments that you have to do, you won't even think about them. Sometimes you'll feel so calm that all the work you have to do once you get home, you won't even think about it. The Qur'an, it envelops you with peace. So calmness will descend upon them, divine mercy will envelop them, and the angels will surround them, and Allah will make a mention of them among those who are with Him. Because we will be coming together insha'Allah to remember who? Allah. By learning His book. And what does Allah say? Fadkuruni. Complete the ayah. Fadkuruni. Adkurkum. Remember me and I shall remember you. So when we remember Allah in a gathering, 
by learning his book, then Allah will also remember us. May Allah make us among such people. The Prophet ﷺ also said that خَيْرُكُمْ مَنْ تَعَلَّمَ الْقُرْآنَ وَعَلَّمَهُ The best of you, the best person is who? The one who's 12 years old and he has an iPhone. Yeah? The best of you is who? The one who's 25 years old and owns the most fancy car. Is it? The best of you is who? The one with the most beautiful hair. The best of you is who? The one who goes to the best school in the city. The best of you is the one who learns the Qur'an. So when you are learning the Qur'an, do you realize what a big deal this is? This is like better than driving the best car. What's the best car? Tell me what your favorite car is. A Ferrari? Which one? L.A. Ferrari, sorry. I'm not that advanced. But I'll learn from you, inshallah. La Ferrari. Imagine owning three of those red ones. Are they red? Whatever color. Imagine having that. But the Prophet ﷺ gave a different criteria. He said, the best of you is the one who learns the Qur'an. And then he doesn't just learn the Qur'an. He also teaches it, passes it on. What does that mean? That whatever you learn over here, inshallah, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? Teach it to who? Share it with who? With who? Your friends, your family? Are you going to do that? Because if we want to be of the best people, then we have to do both of these things. Learn it, and then pass it on. Pass it on. So every Saturday when we will do our class, your homework will be to share at least one thing from the lesson before next class. And you have six days to do your homework. Isn't that amazing? Six days. خَيْرُكُمْ مَنْ تَعَلَّمَ الْقُرْآنَ وَعَلَّمَهُ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes the Qur'an, that, O oh people, there has come to you a maw'idah, an admonition and advice from your Lord. And it is shifa, it is a cure for what is in the heart. Do we have issues in our heart? Like, we just feel angry, or we feel sad, or we feel lonely, or we feel jealous, we feel frustrated. Do we have these issues? We all do, right? So the Qur'an is a cure to what is in the heart. It is rahmah, it is mercy, it is guidance, it is good news. For who? For those people who believe. So Allah says, قُلْ بِفَضْلِ اللَّهِ وَبِرَحْمَتِهِ فَبِذَلِكَ فَلْيَفْرَحُوا That the Qur'an is something over which the believers should be very happy about, excited about, that yes, I have the Qur'an. So La Ferrari people, imagine if you got a free ride in a La Ferrari. How would you feel about it? How would you? For the whole week, or maybe for the rest of your life, would you tell your friends? Guess what? Guess what happened in the winter break? I got to see a Ferrari. Wow, see a Ferrari. 
Imagine if you got to say, I got to sit in one. And you know what? I actually sat in the driver's seat. I couldn't drive it, but I got to sit in the driver's seat. Is that something you'll brag about for the rest of your life? Why? If we love something, we're very happy about it. هُوَ خَيْرٌ مِمَّا يَجْمَعُونَ Allah says that the Qur'an is something that people should be very happy and excited about. Why? Because it is better than everything that people collect. What do people collect? What do people like to collect? Money? Okay, what are the different forms of money? Raise your hand. You can share something that you like to collect. Yes? Ink pens? Okay. Pens? Alright. What about you sister? What do you like to collect? Be honest here. It's okay. Okay, you? Stamps? Alright. What about you? Clothes? Yes? Special coins? Yes? Shoes? Hmm, yes. Marks. Good marks. Very good. Yes? Candy. Alright. Somebody from there? Yeah? Ilm, mashallah. Yes? Slime. Hmm. Some of you mentioned stamps. I used to collect stamps as a child also. And I loved art. So... I had lots of paints and paint brushes and different types of color pencils and all that. And then we moved from one city to the other. And I remember you know, when we moved, um, of course, when you're moving, your stuff gets distributed, right? Because you can't take everything with you. I remember finding out that my stamp books were gone. And that all my paints were gone. I was like, that was my treasure. And it's lost. It's gone. Something could be very precious to me. And I have collected it over the years. But the same thing would be of no value to another person. Isn't it? Haven't you seen how sometimes mothers, those of you who are here, do you ever get annoyed with your children's collections? Stones and leaves and shells and pictures and stickers. And kids, do you get annoyed when your parents keep asking you, why do you have all this junk You're like, it's not junk. This is important stuff. Isn't it? Things that you collect, they're important to you. But those things are of no importance to another person. They're of no value. The Qur'an, when you collect it, in your heart, in your mind, when you bring it in your life, It will benefit you. It will be important for you in this life, in your grave, and in the next life. This is something that will benefit you forever. Forever. You love clothes. You love your jackets, for example. You wear them through the season, and you keep them nice and safe until next year. What happens until next year? Maybe they're too small on you. Or maybe they've just become outdated. I don't know what you were thinking when you thought of getting a bright pink jacket or a bright red jacket. I said, look cool last winter, but this winter you're like, what was I thinking? Gets outdated, doesn't it? Or you get bored of it. But the Qur'an, when you collect it in your heart, in your mind, in your life, it will always be beneficial for you. It will always be helpful. 
This is the reason why we are studying the Qur'an, inshaAllah. Now, do you have a mushaf with you? This class is going to be about Surah Al-Baqarah. So I want you to open up your book, or open up a mushaf, and look at Surah Al-Baqarah. Because, you know when you're going to study something, study a book, you should know. Okay, how many pages does it have? How many chapters does it have? What are the main, main topics? Right? You should know about these things. So look at what the first verses are. Look at where Surah Al-Baqarah ends. Look at how many pages it covers. Quickly, go through the Mus'haf. Don't just read one page. Go through Surah Al-Baqarah. Alright. Look at the screen. Quiz time. Okay. I'm going to ask you a question. You're going to raise your hand. Okay? If you know the answer, you're going to raise your hand. You're not going to shout out the answer. Because we're not five-year-olds that are sitting over here. Are we? Are we? Okay. So what are you going to do? Read the question. If you know the answer, raise your hand. Alright? And you see this sister? She has the mic and she has a basket. So if she picks the person sitting next to you to give the answer and not you, it's not my fault, it's her fault. Okay? Alright. Ready? How many verses are there in Surah Al-Baqarah? I'm not looking. Raise your hand. Um, 286. 286. Alright, good job. How many? Everybody say. 286. Wow, isn't that a lot? In one year. Insha'Allah. Say Insha'Allah. Insha'Allah. What's the reward of reading one verse? Or rather, one letter. Isa? Oh, this is not a quiz question. Sorry. Go ahead. Ten. Ten good deeds for reading one letter. Now imagine, 286 verses. I'm sure each verse has many, many letters. Multiply that by ten times. It's like we cannot even calculate it. Alright, next question. What is the first verse of Surah Al-Baqarah? Lamim. Alif Lam Mim. And what comes after that? Thalika al kitabu la rayba fi. Good. MashaAllah. Alright, next question. This is a tough question. Surah Al Baqarah has two special verses, unique verses. They are A, the shortest and the longest, B, the longest and the greatest. C, the shortest and the greatest. Which one is correct? Raise your hand. B, B, the longest and the greatest. greatest. Good job. Alright. Next question. It's not on the screen, but I'm making it up right now. Okay? What is the greatest verse of the Qur'an, which is in Surah Al-Baqarah? Okay. What is it called? Ayatul Kursi. Ayatul Kursi. Good. Another question I'm making up on the spot. What is the longest verse? 
What is the longest verse in the Qur'an? Which is in Surah Al-Baqarah? Ayatul Dain. Very good, mashallah. Another question. The longest verse in Surah Al-Baqarah is A. One line long B. One page long Or C. Two pages long B. One page long MashaAllah. Barakallahu feekum. One page long. Inshallah, one day you will do that in your recitation lesson also. Hopefully you won't have to recite it in one breath. Okay. What is the last verse of Surah Al-Baqarah? Not the second last, last verse. Louder. Alright. Alhamdulillah, time's up. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illa anta. Astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.